don't buy the idea that, you know, the society the way it is right now, it has to be this way. Welcome to Rewrite the Rules with your host, Alex Starr. So many of us choose our path out of fear disguised as practicality. It's time to live life on your own terms. What do you really want? Hey, everybody, and welcome. So good to have you here. So good to hear you listening to me, which is not possible. It's just me talking to myself in this room by myself. Um, but hey, I'm super excited you guys are here because it's summertime and summertime is travel time. It's wanderlust time. It's getting bit by the travel bug time. It's thinking about the Himalayas. It's thinking about going to sleep and dreaming about sweaty, dirty jungle nights in Central and South America or Southeast Asia, all these cool places. We stare at them all day on Instagram, on Facebook. It is time to get out there and make this shit happen. So I got the second most popular travel writer on the motherfucking internet to come onto the podcast. The guy gets 1.3 million hits a month. He's been to over 90 countries and he wrote a book called How to Travel the World on $50 a day. Um, it's a New York times bestseller. It's packed full of wisdom. So much stuff that I'm actually going to send three lucky people. The book, the first 10 that shared this on Facebook, I am going to choose three of you at random, of course, and send you this book to any address you choose in the continental United States. Lore 48. His name is nomadic Matt, Matt Kepnes. And you can find him at nomadicmat.com. So much information. I used his website for advice on how to pack, uh, where to travel, and things like that for both of my South American backpacking trips. Uh, so just make sure and go check out his site. And I'm going to have all those links up on alexstar.com slash nomadicmat so you can check that out as well. Check that out as well. And before we jump into the podcast, I'm going to do a brief little business spiel from our non-paid sponsor, The Heart of Travel. If you want to have that type of travel experience that makes you feel actually alive instead of falling into the same tourist traps as usual, then my friend Chelsea's business, The Heart of Travel, is really the way to go. And she's not paying me to put this sponsorship up there. She just does a badass job. She's a badass woman doing badass things and she can actually make a private trip that's totally customizable for you we're talking guatemala ecuador cuba mexico and it's all about uniting people on that human level making the world a better place that tourism can be a part of the economy and it she really helps about dispelling myths about latin america and sharing the beauty of the region with sustainable and responsible travel experiences that put the money directly in the hands of small business owners and locals in all of these different countries in central and south america check her out theheartoftravel.org like I said, she has made trips for countless friends of mine. My parents are actually down in Guatemala right now using her itinerary and her customized plan and getting set up with all of her tour guides, and they're having a blast down there. I'm getting pictures every day from them. Um, so check her out, theheartoftravel.org. She crushes it, um, and if you guys are really thinking about kind of taking the, the travel to the next step, but you want a little guidance on, hey, where's the cool spots to go to, where do the locals go to, um, you know, just the places off the beaten path, she is the woman to talk to, and her business will really get you guys pumped uh, to go where you want to go. So check her out, theheartoftravel.org, 
and enjoy this podcast with Nomadic Matt. Hope you guys get a lot out of it. Love you all. Peace. You know, I love your book, Travel the World on $50 a Day. I think it really came together. Um, I think I saw it kind of in its early stages when it was uh, more of the ebook, right? Um, Because I've been following you for a while. You actually helped me with my big South America trip about two years ago. Um, Anyway, I wanted to talk to you about how you started with, um, like, when you first, you were on the beach in Thailand, correct? And you told your buddy, all right, fuck this. I'm quitting my job when I get back, and I'm going to work towards saving and traveling the world, right? Right. Yeah. Tell me about like how much. Are you? Are we, are we recording? Yeah, we're recording. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's good mm-hmm. to know these things. <laughs> um. Yeah. Well. Um. Can you tell me about like how how much work and kind of sacrifice it took when you went back and you decided to travel? I think a lot of people just think, "Oh, I'm just gonna go travel," but it took a lot of work and sacrifice to save up the money to do that, right? Um. You know, I had been working for three I, I've been working for a year and a half up at that point and so I had a decent savings at, um, already nothing like tremendous but I mean I had money saved however uh, once I decided to do this I started picking up overtime shifts and you know I cut all my expenses as much as possible Uh you know, didn't eat out as much, didn't drink as much, didn't go out to the movies as much, which is that's the hard thing I love. <laughs> I, I I love doing. Yeah. Um, so all in all, it was it was really just about um, cutting my expenses. You know, six months before I I moved home. Well, sorry, six months before I went away, I moved home to sort of you know get rid of like that final big expense. You know, rent, and so I wouldn't. Yeah, I kind of lived a, a monastic lifestyle for a bit, um, and, but um, it was all worth it in the end, you know, because I got to spend 18 months traveling around the world, you know, and, and that trip propelled me to what I'm doing today. And so I had no regrets about all those, all that pasta I ate, um, <laughs> you know. Made me a better, uh, better cook, you know, kind of eat all my food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that. And then you switched, you went from 18 months and that turned into six years, right? How did you? It's turned into 10 years, really. It's turned, yeah, it's turned into 10 years. Yeah, that's right, man. So how did you kind of, how did you do, how did you keep, I know you started building Nomadic Mat, you know, was that your main source of income since you only had budgeted out 18 months? As that money started to disappear, where were you getting it in to keep going? Well, I didn't start my website until I came home from my trip uh, in 2008. So um, that money, when I came home, was long gone. I started the website as sort of maybe a way to get... Um, freelance writing work, you know, I really wanted to extend my time on the road. And I thought the best way to do that would be to become a travel writer. I mean, that sounded like a cool job, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did with any, you know, Gen Y or millennial or I don't know, wherever I fall into, can never keep track. Yeah. Um, 
ZZX. Uh, Z Q R. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> um, but I created a website as sort of an online resume. Um, and that, uh, you know, the goal was to have editors see my writing, uh, which would, you know, hopefully get me gigs. Um, but there was nothing, you know, no lofty goals, no, no big intentions, never set out to change the world. I really just wanted a way to travel more. And I figured travel writer seemed like a cool way to do that. Um, the website was really just a way to get work and really that was it. Nothing more than that. It's nuts, man. Cause what, how many hits a month do you get now? Uh, 1.3 million, 1.3 million. And you started off with what, maybe a couple hundred looking at your stuff. I mean, you started off with not even trying to get people ready to look at it. Like you said, and now you have 1.3 million people. Everybody starts at zero. Yeah. What's like, what are the biggest, you know, you, you mentioned like, it sounds so romantic being a travel writer. Right. And I think a lot of people, and I'm in your travel blogging class for God's sakes, I'm doing this podcast and stuff, which I make no money off of, but, but it's like, there's like this romantic, you know, ideal about, travel writing and, and doing what you're doing. I think a lot of people look at what you and they think, God damn it. I want this guy's life. You know, he's just, he's out there just traveling around and, and writing about it and just making the bucks and living the dream. You know what I mean? How many times have you heard that living the dream? I bet. Um, but there's a lot of work that goes into it behind the scenes and it's taking you 10 years, right? Well, I mean, this is, this is a job. You know, everyone's like, how do you get paid to travel the world? It's like, I'm a writer. Writer's mm-hmm. right. Um, and that's what it basically comes down to. I'm a writer and I write about my travels. Um, you know, most of the stuff I did, you know, I, you know, most of my income is made from my, the books and the guides I sell. So in a way, you know, I, I fell into the job I wanted in the first place. I became a guidebook writer. Um, I just happened to really develop, uh, my own brand, you know, um, instead of doing it for Lonely Planet or, or somebody else, I, I do it for myself. Um, you know, I had eight destination guides, how to travel the world on $50 a day, um, plus um, two, like, two other guides. You know, and I, I, I helped edit a guide on solo female travel. And so um, that's what I did. I just became a writer. I, you know, I, but instead of working for somebody else, I worked for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, so this is, this is a job, you know, you ask any travel writer about how unglamorous this life is and they'll tell you, I mean, you're, you're on the move a lot and, um, you're just on the move a lot. Um, <clears throat> it's not all rainbows and unicorns. I mean, that being said, I'll take this job over any, office job any day right because at least i get to be my own boss For but sure. i think a lot of people underestimate the amount of work that goes into running a business i mean that's what it really is running a business yeah and so how many hours how many hours do you spend what's a typical week look like you know now that your company and your business like you said is up and running and and you know quote unquote successful what what does a typical week look like for you um, or a month? You know, how much is that as travel? How many hours a week are you spending on the blog? Um, what does it look like? Um, I I don't keep track, so I can't really tell you. But I can say that I mean, 
if I am not traveling or on the move, um, I tend to keep a pretty right, consistent nine to five office uh, job kind of environment. Like I wake up, I go to work, my co-working space, I work till about three or four, and then I go home and run errands and hang out with my friends. Um, if I'm traveling, before I travel, I'll just crush out work first because I don't like to travel and work. You know, I, I do this because I love to travel, right? Right. And right. you know, I didn't, I didn't create this life for me so I could fly to some country I've never been to to spend the entire time in an internet cafe. Um, and I think a lot of people get sucked into into that, and they end up getting burnt out one way or another uh, on travel. And so, um, you know, because they're trying to do too much at once. So I try to only travel um, or only work at the same time. Oh, that that's uh, that's great because I, I've messed up. I've done that a thousand times, too, of uh, trying to do the laptop in the morning and then, f- you know, find stuff in the afternoon. What do you how do you kind of like cram all the work in? Do you kind of just take. You know, you're doing 10, 12-hour days for two weeks beforehand and just make sure that all your emails and all your blog posts and all your social media and all that, the business side of things is all taken care of so you have two weeks of free time? Yeah, that's pretty much how I do it. Um, I just squeeze as much work in as I can before I go. And then uh, when I'm on the road, I always check emails and I, I write because I enjoy the act of writing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really consider that work, but I'm not looking at, you know, taking podcasts or interviews or, or anything or like taking meetings unless I absolutely have to, because this is my time. Yeah. Plus it's when you actually, I mean, to be the good travel writer, you got to actually experience it, right? Like instead of sitting in an internet cafe, like you said. Yeah. I mean, you can't write a place if you don't see it. Yeah, exactly. So what, um, when you talk to people, what are some of the biggest fears? And I know you talked about fears that were holding you back when you first went, but what, what would you say are like the top three biggest fears that you hear from people since, you know, you talk to people all the time that want to travel. What, what's the biggest thing that, that are holding people back? Uh, the biggest thing that holds people back is the same thing that's held everybody back for, since the end, of, beginning of time. I don't have enough money. Um, hence your book. But, hence my book. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, everyone's always like, oh, I don't know if I can aff- – I would love to travel, but I can't afford it. And then you're like, yeah, but do you do any of this? I'm like, oh, no, I never thought about that. And so – you know, everyone's always worried like, oh, I don't have enough time to travel or mm. is it safe or, you know, how am I going to make friends? How, you know, how am I going to find the way around? And it's like, well, the same way you find the way around, you know, when you travel domestically, you, you pick up a guidebook and you ask around and you get a map and presto, changeo, you are now <laughs> traveling. Google. Um, the act of travel is no different no matter where you go. Um, whether you're in New York City or London or Paris or this Bangkok or, you know, Kiev, you know, I mean, it's all about 
you know, finding your getting to the public transportation, looking up bus t- um, information, asking uh, the staff where you're staying, uh, what they do, and you know, it, it's it's all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's no different. I mean, people think travel is this complex thing, but it's really just it's quite easy once you know like three or four principles. I wrote this article like why travel advice doesn't change uh, because once you you know once you master a few things, you know the the how like how do you get around is is very easy. I mean, it's why in my book I devote more time to talking about like how to save money in regions than I do about anything else because the act of travel is is relatively um, simple once you know a few general principles. Uh, after that, like you know, they apply anywhere in the world. Um, but once you know a few principles, then you're good to go. What are those few principles? Well, you know, it's always, you know, take public transportation, um, make sure you have a nice, an updated map, don't take taxis, uh, try to have your, your accommodations, uh, staff, um, write down things in the local language for you. Uh, you know, don't cook lots of food. Don't eat out of expensive restaurants. Learn a few of the dialects. You know, trust your instinct, your gut. Um, don't go into sketchy neighborhoods at night. Uh, you know, so it's really just like, and then you do that all over the world. You know, I mean, I'm all like, there's no, there's no magic secret. There's no, you know, there's no magic, there's no magic secret to it, really. Um, and so I think people think like, but what, what, what? And then they realize, you know, one thing I constantly hear is once people get on the road, they realize how, how easy it is and how all their worry was for not. Mm. Yeah, that's you, know, a, like, yeah. you know, they get on the road and they're like, oh, wow, this, is what, this really was a lot easier than I thought. Boy, isn't that applicable to every aspect of life? <laughs> it sure is. God damn, man. I mean, every the first time you do anything, you're going to suck at it, right? Mm-hmm. The first time you did it. Unless you're like Mozart or Einstein or some super genius, like chances are you're going to be terrible at whatever it is you do for the first time. So that first trip you take is probably not going to go well. Or, you know, even if you're prepared, you'll probably have realized like, oh, I didn't think about all of these other things. But you know what? The second time, it's going to be super easy. I still get kind of nervous when I go traveling. To, and then I land, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just like – it comes second nature. Dude, I was going to ask you about that. I'm, yeah, I was curious about that. So what kind of – what still makes you after being to – how many countries have you been to? I don't really keep track. Um, okay. I, I'm against country counting, but okay. if, I had, if I had a guess, it would probably be somewhere close to 90. Uh, but I don't have an exact number. I haven't bothered to. Okay, it so, sounds like a, a a group that someone would make, like anti anti country counting, like some social justice warrior or something. Um, 
But so you've been to 90 countries. What still makes you nervous about going to a new place? Well, it's the same thing. Everyone is always nervous about the same thing. You always wonder, like, what are you going to do when you land? How are you going to get to your hotel? Um, okay. You know, you know, are, you know, is where you're going safe? You know, it's, it's really just like a number of simple, like, small time things that I think are always on my, well, I mean, at least for me, they're always on my mind. Um, that, 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 those kind of questions, like, shit, like, you know, when I go from point A to point B, like, am I gonna, like, is this the right way? Like, how am I gonna understand people? Do they speak English? Can I get by in Spanish? I mean, the, the difference between, between people that do and people who don't do is that the people who do still have these voices in their head, they just don't listen to them. Mm. Yeah, that, I like that a lot. It's not that like, like every successful person I know has tons of worries and fears in their lives, in their life. Um, they just choose not to ignore. They just choose to ignore it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's crazy. It's just it's interesting to hear that. You know, it sounds like you got the the um, the voice of your mother in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's well, I, I, I get I that do all have the time. A, you know, <laughs> I'm Jewish, so you know, nagging is part of our DNA. Well, yeah, my mom's Jewish too. I know, and that's all yeah. I get is like, "Is it safe there? Do you who do you who are you staying with?" It's like, "Oh, Jesus Christ! I'm going down the street." Yeah, you know. So you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's a that's a cliche for a reason. That's a stereotype for a reason. Yeah, my dad does it actually more than my mom, which is kind of funny. Oh, that is interesting. Is he Jewish too? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I have the I have a non-Jewish dad, so he's super chill, and then I have the Jewish mom to make up for it. <laughs> um, so tell me about the you know the travel industry. I I loved your quote in the book where you said they they want you to spend a lot, so you and you you think you have to spend a lot, have a great time, and if you don't, you have a crappy time. Because and I love I don't, I don't understand the question. Well, I mean, I'm just the question is like the way that the travel industry has set up for us to believe you have to spend a lot to have a great time, and the advertisements, and I mean, your whole book is counteracting that entire ideal set. Does that come mainly from that comes from the commercials? It comes from magazines. I mean, where do you think that people get this idea? Because I have it too. It's like you think you have to buy a resort fucking ticket, you know. Well, you got to remember for, you know, 50 years, you know, there were no, the only model, um, it was this, like hotels, resorts, and cruises. There was no, you know, Airbnbs when we were, like, six years old. I mean, and then there were hostels, but hostels were always, like, dark and dun- grungy places. Um, you know, it's not places you, like, wanted to go to. Um, you know, you, you stayed when you were super poor and in college and then you graduated and you went to hotels. And so mm. it, it's just a part of sort of our collective memory, uh, because for so long there wasn't any other option. There was no like 
third way. There was no sharing economy. Um, so it was difficult to, to, to travel um, on a budget. And so when suddenly the internet comes around and gives us access to this vast treasure trove of information that existed, like you couldn't get before because, um, you know, there was no way to act like you had to be on the ground, you know, this local knowledge that was there. Um, but you know, you as a traveler were unlikely to, to find. So mm. the internet has really changed stuff, but you know, it's still new. So it hasn't sort of had the time to seep into our cultural memory, uh, the way that hotels and stuff still do. Right. And there's no huge advertising campaigns for Airbnb. Like Workaway doesn't have a great advertising campaign. You don't see commercials of it, but you see commercials for, you know, the, the Palms, you know, resorts in the Dominican, you know? Yeah, because they're luxury. Hostels don't have money to advertise. Workaway is a nonprofit. Um, you know, yeah, you see Airbnb ads, but, you know, it's not like you see huge ads for like Kentucky all over the place. Um, because when you're dealing with budget travel, the nature of that means is there just ain't a lot of money to go around. Right, right. Can you tell me about, um, I've used Workaway as well. Can you kind of tell the listeners your experience with those different types of work exchange programs and, and do you like them? Uh, I've never used them myself, but I think they're, what they do in principle is pretty amazing. And I do, I love them a lot. Um, but I first, I taught English, so I never had to, I never did that in my travels. And I, I just like when I was traveling, I always had funds because I worked in between trips. Oh, okay. What was your experience like teaching English? Uh, teaching English for adults is a lot of fun. Um, they really want to learn and you can teach them dirty words and they'll teach you dirty words. Teaching English for kids on after school programs is just glorified babysitting. <laughs> Sounds shitty. Um, but you know, they, you know, you, you, a seven year old doesn't know like the importance of teaching English, like learning English. They're seven. Like they, you know, they, they only want uh, to play with their friends and their parents have, you know, put them into the school, you know, to a seven year old who may never leave his village. Like, yeah, I mean, like he just not, doesn't really care. Right. So, and you can see that and then how they react. They don't, don't care. They're just the babysitter. So their parents <laughs> come and pick him up. Okay, copy that. So I will not do teaching English for kids then. Copy that. Um, can you? Uh, so I have a friend that has never left the country, and she was talking to me about this the other day. She's never left the country, and she's, you know, just, you know, this is the first venture out. She's scared. All those things that we talked about. When people come up to you and they're 25, 26, whatever, and they've never left, or 30 plus, what, what advice do you tell people, you know what, go on a weekend trip to Cancun? Do you say go for, you know, go to Canada for a week? Or how do you kind of recommend people to, to dip their toes in the traveling water? Yeah, I think uh, they can, you can start on a tour. Start with, start with a country that speaks your native language. So go to Canada, go to England, uh, go to Australia, New Zealand, 
uh, Ireland, Scotland, South Africa. Um, you know, places that are sort of flu. So the language barrier isn't something you stress out. About. Yeah. Go on, yeah. Go, go on a tour. Um, there's sort of a lot of options, you know, take the weekend trip, travel domestically. Um, yeah, sort of like if traveling around the world is the deep end of the pool, start in the shallow end um, with just a, a an easy trip. I love that. Um, uh, for the saving, you know, the biggest thing you seem to hammer hammer through on this book is traveling the world on fifty dollars a day. We talked about savings beforehand to be able to start the trip and kind of maintain it for a while. But you talk about the savings mindset, which I thought was fascinating in the book. Um, and can you? And it kind of ties into the whole, you know, elaborate travel industry. Can you tell me about like the main ways that you kind of just really take on the savings mindset when you're landing in Barcelona? Kind of how do you take on that mindset of I'm here to, you know, live in a way that uh, it works with the culture instead of splurging every day? Uh, think you, you know, people always say travel like local. I say travel like you live. You know, the savings mindset is your day to day life mindset. It is, you know, you waking up and trying to avoid, you know, spending tons of money, uh, by taking taxis everywhere and eating fancy food and expensive drinks and always sort of splurging. Um, do the same thing when you get to Barcelona. Take, public transportation avoid uh avoid like fancy meals stay away from the tourist areas you know don't don't just think because you're traveling like you should have to spend money like just travel if you travel like you live uh you'll travel you'll end up traveling like a local because locals you know aren't spending a ton of bank where you where you are, they're doing the same thing you do back home, you know, taking public transportation, going to the markets for food, looking up free museum days and, and doing all that stuff. Mm. Yeah, it is crazy how you, I mean, yeah, and you, that's the way to really actually see the place too, instead of uh, the tourist stuff when you get in that, especially when you get in that backpacking circuit, you just kind of, you're just talking to a bunch of other gringos speaking English. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of my best friends are gringos, um, who I've met traveling. But yeah, I think w- what what it's really about is leveraging this new sharing economy and in, in the in the web to use websites to meet locals, um, find hidden cool um, activities that you know you're not going to see in a guidebook. You know, my favorite Google search is cheap things to do in X. You know, I mean that, you know, you'll come up with a list of thousands of blog posts. Wow. Yeah, that's so easy. Things to see and do in that, in that country uh, or in that destination um, that aren't going to cost you a a fortune. You know, there's a lot out there and the the internet really allows you to find that information now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Where do you kind of see this going where do you see your business uh going next are you, are you what's like the next steps i know you have the nomadic network but what else are you kind of trying to grow it into 
Uh, that's really it. You know, the Nomadic Network is going to be a series of in-person meetups. You went to the one in Austin. Um, you know, we're trying out different formats and really just seeing, you know, what works to take this massive online community we have and allow people to meet people in real life. You know, having local meetups and events where people can learn about travel, get inspired, and, and maybe meet, you know, their gringo. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. The Austin one was cool, man. I thought it was uh I thought it was really cool and it kind of I mean, you're right, man. There's you have 1.3 million people, so it's obviously hitting a nerve with a ton of people. I think uh you know, just it's so easy now and people just sit there in their office like you were saying, you know, you'd rather be out there working on the road than be sitting in the office and people want to know how to do that, especially with the internet now. The possibilities are endless, right? It's crazy. Exactly. Um there's no like there's so much information available online that it's really easy to find deals, uh, flight deals, accommodation deals, and meet locals. Yeah, I love it. All right, so can you tell us, to kind of um, wrap this up a little bit, can you tell us, give me um, – you know, your best off the cuff travel story that, you know, it can be X rated, R rated, G rated, whatever you want. But what's kind of like your go to or maybe one that you haven't told in a while? Just a classic travel story that, that you love. Um, I'll end it with a, a funny one. I was once in a hostel in Barcelona because we were just talking about Barcelona. Oh, awesome. Um, and I woke up to my roommate being locked out of the dorm. Opened the door. I went back to bed. It was like, what, why does everything smell like shit now? <laughs> and, and realized that it's because my hands smelled like shit. And I took flip on the light, and there's a poop trail leading to the door, and the handle is covered in shit. Oh. And I had grabbed the handle, and the guy was like, it wasn't me. But he was oh. clearly drunk, and it was totally him. And uh, I told my friend in the morning the story, uh, and she didn't believe me. But I had grabbed the curtains to like pull back because um, all the, the hostel beds had curtains and you could see like the streaks. Oh, dear. did you go wash your hands before you went back to sleep? <laughs> oh, yeah. I used like I washed them like eight times. I used the whole thing of Purell. It was it was gross. Oh, man. I bet like the next day, like I wouldn't be able to eat finger foods for a week after that. Like every time I'd eat <laughs> chicken tenders, it'd just be like, oh, damn it. There's someone else's shit all over my hand. Yeah. Luckily, we moved out that day. So we, we were already leaving, but. Awesome. So where are you heading to next? Uh, I'll be heading to Paris and Amsterdam next month. Uh, well, in that's my next trip. And then uh, sometime this year, Madagascar. Madagascar? Yeah, I think it'd be a cool place to go. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I never hear of people going there, so I'm stoked to hear about that. And where are your – so people can find you, obviously, nomadicmat.com, which, like I said, man, you helped me tremendously when I went on a five-month um, – I did a five-month trip of South America about two years ago, and I remember looking at your pictures of, like, the way you packed, and I kind of modeled what I packed based on what you packed. So, um, you know, thanks so much for putting out all that valuable information. It actually – it's very legitimately useful, so – I want to thank you for that. Um, and so where else can people reach you? I know you're running these tours and stuff like that. You're running trips in different cities. Kind of let people know uh, about those as well. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty easily found. Just 
any web service, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, at Nomadic Matt. I am there. Uh, my website is nomadicmat.com. Email matt at nomadicmat.com. Um, and I do run small group tours, but they're all sold out. And this is the last year I'm doing them. So we'll just – no need to get people's hopes up or anything like that. Okay, cool. And what about the uh, Nomadic, the um, the network? Do, where are your next meetups for that? Do you have any plan? No, no. We're still trying to figure that out. Okay. Okay, cool. And then you obviously yep. you have the blogging course that I'm in, which is very useful too, that you, people can sign up for. That That's pretty sweet. I really enjoy that. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying it and getting some um, stuff out of it. Getting some uh, value. Yeah, that's superstarblogging.com. Superstar blog. And then, of course, the uh, the old Bible of how to travel the world on 50 bucks a day. Well, thanks, man. I, I, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy packing and stuff, and uh, you're off to new places and everything, but I appreciate you taking the time, man. And um, I'm stoked to post this and get the get the good word out. Um, and I'll, uh, I'll see you online and I'll, uh, shoot you an email when, uh, this is all wrapped up and, and finalized and stuff. I'll send you a link to, to the page and the podcast. Great. Sounds so, good. All right, brother. Well, thanks a lot, man. All right. You too. Have a great day. All right. You too. Later. Hey, thank you all for listening. I love you to the moon and back. Go share this shit on Facebook. Poor favor. Um, what else? Leave me a review, subscribe, all those things, blah, blah, blah. I hope you're enjoying it. Love you guys. Have a good rest of July. I'm coming out with some episodes. Navy SEALs. We got people doing crazy stuff in Austin. We got nomads, uh, travelers. I got another CEO. We got all types of cool stuff coming up to keep you pumping through the summer and rewriting those rules. See ya.